righty, here we go. It is uh, Monday, 4 a.m. My name is Travis Neville. Uh, this is the Travis Neville Podcast. Um, I wrote this book called The Jocelyn Method. You guys probably already know that, but uh, you can find that anywhere. And uh, let's see. So I'm sore as fuck. This weekend I ran the Krim, which is a 10-mile road run in, in Flint, Michigan. I try to do it every year, uh, but this summer, just because of circumstances, because as you guys know, I was, I've been out painting and doing construction work, and that's like every other week. So I'm only training the weeks that I'm home, because you think you know I'm not going to go work physically with my body all day after running a bunch of miles. Like I just can't do both. That you know I'm too old for that, I suppose. But anyway, my training was as limp as it's ever been. Uh, but I did finish the damn thing. I'm sure it's the worst time I've ever run. I haven't checked yet. I kind of don't want to check, but my goal is just to finish it, which I did. Um, I'll throw up a picture in here of me at the finish line. But um, anyway, that's what I did this weekend by way of role modeling, just showing you guys, hey, the stuff that I say I do in my book, I actually do. Uh, I do work out uh, a lot and crap like that. Anyway, um, really excited about this. And it's out of order, but last week the show, um, you know, I'm starting to get incredible traction on TikTok. And one of my views hit 6,000, or one of my little clips hit 6,000 views this morning, which that's the most I've ever got. I know people, you know, these, you know, 18 year old girls dancing around wearing a jog bra, they'll get a million views just for that. But, um, you know, 6,000 is pretty good for me. Certainly way more than I get on YouTube. Um, Anyway, so things are moving in that direction. I think last week's show was was big for that reason because I, you know, as always, I'm I'm saying the facts, uh, even if they're unpopular, and and you know, proposing the idea that hey, when you look at the numbers, women actually do make more money than men. Uh, men actually make better parents than women, if you want to divide it that way. When kids are raised just by dad, they turn out better than raised just by mom, is all I'm saying with that. Uh, you need both, the ideal situation, and that's really what I was trying to move forward with that show, was that keeping both parents together is by far the ideal situation, and people are far too eager to jump out, because everyone else gets divorced, so I can get divorced, it'll be fine. You're actually doing tremendous damage to your kids anyway. I went through all that last week, but to be able to, while I was researching that episode, have had a chance to sit down with um, a social worker and a female social worker at that was really, really cool. And um, I'm, I'm excited to present that conversation that I had. Her name is Stephanie. Um, she is a social worker uh, in, in Mayo, Michigan for the county. She works for DSW, uh, DH, DHS, sorry. She doesn't work for the shoe, <laughs> the shoe warehouse. She works for uh, Department of Health and Human Services, right? I think that's what that stands for. Anyway, social worker, professional, good at what she does, and our conversation was was awesome. We were on the same page on so many things because I'm I'm kind of getting the information I get from doing outside research, from like reading books and doing searches and talking to people. She's actually there in the trenches, so to speak. Like she's watching the outcomes of what our society and what media and what our culture is doing it, the changes that it's creating in our family structure. Um, anyway, it completely happened on accident. I was talking to Cleaver, the marketing guy from Blue Collar, 
and you know it's it's his wife is stephanie's his wife uh, just comes rolling in and kind of watching us talk and then we kind of started chatting cleaver had to leave i brought her over you know you can see the beginning of the conversation she's off camera you know she's because she's just she was just standing there watching and her and i were shooting the shit and the conversation went down a really important avenue i think and so i invited her over to sit next to me and anyway um Cool ass conversation, really sharp lady, very intelligent. Um, we saw a lot of things the same way, and um, yeah, I'm excited to present it. So here you go, uh, my conversation with Stephanie, the social worker. Hope you enjoy. Think of something we were talking about earlier when you were listening to that podcast on the way here. There's a book, actually. It's a book called The Boy Crisis by a guy named Warren Farrell, Dr. Warren Farrell. Pretty impressive guy. I heard about him because Jordan Peterson interviewed him, so then I read his book, and I'm almost done reading it. Anyway, Yeah, so you're guy. saying that 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 children raised by their dads, mm-hmm. as opposed to children raised by the women these days. Mm-hmm. This is this is forever. It's and this is not a racist thing, but they typically end up better. Yeah. Because no, I think what you're looking for is sexist. Like <laughs> Thank you. That, that, <laughs> you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, man. Yeah. Oh. Really? Yeah. You, you might be interested. I'm not surprised. I'd be very interested. In yeah. So. Um, well, I don't know. I don't know how up you are on what I do, but. Well, last, I dated a social work, worker for quite a while, so I'm reasonably familiar. In the last five or six years, I have seen more moms walk out on their family than dads. No kidding. It's insane. Well, I think there's a lot of factors there. I mean. I think the women's liberation movement has been awesome. I mean, all the way back, and I did a podcast on this. 1919 is when women got the right to vote. Um, since the beginning of equality, you'd think. And, you know, as, as women have started to surpass men in education, which that happened like in the 80s. Women started achieving higher. There's more women with degrees than there are okay. without, right? That had started happening in the 80s. Now it's, there's a huge gap. Um, I don't know. I think that men still have this perception of themselves, and I think women do too. That, our primary job is to go ahead. Are you talking about men? Yeah. What's our primary job? To work. To make money, right? We're, we're daddy, daddy paycheck, right? And men, put, we put that pressure on ourselves as well. You know, well, women see that too. I believe it's ingrained in your soul to be providers and protectors, but I take it to another level. Wow. You might be on the right team after all. Um, yeah, I, I very much agree with you, and that's what the research says. That those are the two things. Even. Like, I, I looked at a, some research from a female anthropologist, oh, and those are the two words she used, provider protector, right? Um, anyway, that's part of it. So men think that, they know that that's a thing that they can do, but they devalue, and also women devalue, a man's ability as a father. And really what it is between women and men, and it's two different styles of parenting, that's all. So moms just naturally are going to want to protect and keep from harm and be nurturing and be right. warm and caring. That's a natural mom thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas dads are a little more deep into the pool. They're like, well, how's he going to learn how to recover if he doesn't fail? You know, I 100% agree. We're going to have to let him trip and fall a little bit or fall off his bike or let's take the training wheels off. And yeah. then he might fall, but he'll learn that falling ain't that bad. And women think that's being a bad parent. And men aren't good at verbalizing, hey, here's how that helps these kids. I think that's why it's a perfect match to do a man and a woman. Not that I'm against gay marriage or anything. I'm not saying I'm against any of that. I'm not either. But um, I feel all the time when I'm freaking out, I tell people all the time that I have like a 
Um, I've worn a circle in my living room from walking and crying and talking to Jason. He just sits super calm and listens, and he is able to talk without any He's emotion. Like, yes, they can. You can yeah. just put the emotion away, even when it's related to our children. Oh my god! And easy, like, easy skill for me. How do you do that? Easy skill for me. And men and women can't, and that's why some women don't like my opinions on things because I think men do better being in charge because they're able to separate the emotion. Now, I'm not saying there aren't certain it's women who can, yeah. but my even in my job, even with being as professional as I'm being, is mm-hmm. the nurturing part of being a, a woman is always coming out, always. Yeah. I sat, and it's a, it's I sat an awesome hospital thing for four and a half hours last night holding a baby that was needing to go home and we didn't have we didn't have all the paperwork done yet and so I just mm-hmm. literally sat I spent four hours of my night last night just holding a baby. And see to you there's there's a part of you that's like genetic, that's the core of you, it's primal, mm-hmm. where that's extremely satisfying for you mm-hmm. to do a thing like that. It scratches and, and it that feels just completely appropriate, like yep. this is what this baby needed. Yep. For nine months he was in utero, nobody yep. wanted him, yep. knew he wasn't wanted. And from the minute he came out, I was itching to get somebody at that hospital yeah. to hold him and love him. And, and I would and never stuff. understand. Like, I can't. That wouldn't come out of me. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? I got that. Not yeah. in a bad way. No, just I have a different set of skills, mm-hmm. and so does Reeves. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, um, that's, that's good shit. I definitely believed he was a bad parent when we were kids. Totally believed it. Really? He's not. But mm-hmm. the way I, when I was young, and my mom influenced me and all that shit. But Moms will do that. Looking back now... And seeing how, you know, we've grown and how he is with our grandkids, I'm like, why was I freaking out all the time? But I was, you know. Well, you know, that's you just maturity. You know. And you can't, I talk about this too on my show, that you can't ever get upset at the younger, dumber you for not knowing right. things that the older, smarter you now knows. You, know what I mean? you can't be upset about, I didn't know what I didn't know. Yeah, there's this <laughs> graphic that I use uh, where it shows a dad tossing a baby, you know, mm-hmm. kid in the air, mm-hmm. baby, but a kid. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's like this high. What This is what dad sees. And then... And then it shows the same dad throwing the same kid. Yeah. It says, this is what kids sees. It's about twice as high. Right? The kid's so excited. Oh, my God. And then the third one is, this is what mom sees. And the kid's like... A hundred feet in the air. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. I agree with you. Yeah, and that's just natural. It's just how people are. And, and uh, you know, it's just a difference between men and women. And, and I think it's great that our society has, has fanned the flames and built built women up and given them all these opportunities to be so successful and do make such great contributions to our world and our lives and our culture. I think men are just kind of being left in the dust. It's not because of women. Sure. It just is what's going on. This guy that I'm reading, like I told you, this guy, Dr. Farrell, he talks about the warrior father. It's his kind of what he hopes would be like the finish line of mm-hmm. how our society works. Men have always and will always follow the praise. Okay. That'll make sense. So, like, when you're a kid, you're your typical guy's guy. Well, I'm going to play football because that's... People are going to see me and pat me on the back, and girls are going to like me, and I'm going to make a bunch of money because girls will pay attention to me. I have this fancy fancy carpet. They follow the praise. They they take the route that's going to get them that praise. That's men feed off that. It's a fuel for us. And they won't admit it. Most guys won't admit it, but that's how how it goes. And until we get to a situation where being a dad carries that kind of praise with it. You know what I mean? Men won't focus on it as much as maybe they should. And, and you know, in our society, like we're talking about the. Men seek to provide and protect. There's really nothing to hide doing. There's really nothing to protect women from most of the time. I mean, you got to be capable of doing it, right? you got to be able to walk across a dark parking lot. Sure, sure. But most of the time, you really don't have to do that. And the pro- provide thing, well, a lot of women have good jobs. And so what's my purpose? And men without a purpose, they go one of two routes. Lethargy, you know, fat, lazy, turds, play video games, don't do shit. Or over-aggressive depression reaction 
you know, end up yeah. being violent, sexually aggressive, and right. in prison, beating people. Wow, that's super interesting. These are one of the two routes you go without a purpose. Mm -hmm. Until men can see, and I think the world can value men for their... Being a parent. Exactly. Being a, not just a parent, a dad. Mm -hmm. I agree. Because it's a different thing. And again, Cleaver and I were talking about, again, this is the research that I'm reading about in this book, that, you know, kids, they're measuring this part of chromosomes on baby. Like, or on kids. And if you had your dad in the house with you, this thing is significantly longer, like 40% longer. Basically, it's part of your chromosome that's responsible for passing on your genetic material. Like your your ability to keep your family line going is impacted significantly by having a dad in the house, and it's this is just a theory at this point. But um, you think about being a baby, yeah, you need your mom. You definitely need your mom. But without a protector in place, there's going to be a part of you genetically, even at that little baby that you're, it's going to understand who's protecting me. Right. So maybe I, you know, I'm in a situation where maybe I should not be reproducing. There's no protection. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Th that's how strong the, the dad thing is. And most people don't have any idea. No, and we do a lot of studying now on trauma. And we're learning, we're doing a lot of this stuff with the DNA and how um, we're learning about the the um, fact that the trauma is actually changing the DNA chromosomes in people. Like if they've been subjected to a lot of lifetime trauma, sure. yeah. then it literally is changing the makeup of their body. They are. So it makes complete sense that it would be the same way about having a you know two parental figures in the home. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I read a, a book by... Uh... Have you ever heard of Brene Brown? Mm -hmm. yeah. I love her. Yes. I love her podcast. Bless her. Bless her. I read the um, Dare to... What is it? Dare I didn't read it. I'll pull it. It's not audible. Anyway, she was talking about how... I completely lost track of what we were just saying. Um, With the parents. Having two parents and feeling... Oh, oh, you were talking about how... It, oh, uh, the genetic material, yeah. right? So she talks about how how you eat... Maybe I'm thinking of a different author. Anyway, I read this study about how if you're eating the right things, it'll strengthen or change your, your genetic structure. Even as a man, mm -hmm. like the, the, the nine months prior to conception, what you're eating strengthens your sperm to the, to the point where it's going to create a stronger baby. Mm -hmm. No one's ever talked about that before. About how men, you know, of course, no. women, what you eat when you're pregnant. Obviously. We're just starting to let, when we do our safe... Um, it's called deep nutrition. There's a there's a new training that we do now, but we're we're taking it into the schools and teaching elem, um, middle school and high school kids about how important it is to be healthy during the nine months of pregnancy and prior, and how we're we're teaching them that we have learned that the, the father isn't you know drinking and using drugs when he is when when you're getting, you know, yeah, having sex and making the baby that can affect. The infant. And Absolutely. And in, in what uh, we try to use the words baby and infant so that they, because when you use the word fetus, it oh, yeah, separates it's you cold. from it. And it's then cold, people yeah. think, oh, well, it's not real. You know, a lot right. of people believe that the baby's not really a baby. And in the state of Michigan, baby is not a baby until they take their first breath. Okay. But I didn't know if that was defined here. It is. It's unfortunate, but that's how it is. So we can't do anything during the nine months until the baby takes the first breath. But mm -hmm. um, what we're trying to teach these kids is that. You, you can affect the dad affects just as much as the mom. So do you get into exactly what healthy is? I mean, we, oh, you gotta eat healthy, but most, most people are like, uh, what's that? 
Like a lot of people don't know that. We put a lot of services in place where we send them to the health department and to WIC and do my hip. We have all these services in place that do, and all of them do nutrition. Well, I know WIC also only approves certain foods, right? There's only certain yes. things that they'll pay mm -hmm. for. Yeah. Yeah. WIC is women, infant, and children. Mm -hmm. So what about free. my dad? There it is. How about this? When I was a teacher, um, we had, say, 10 sick days a year that we were given. Actually, the good districts just called them vacation they use mm -hmm. them however you want whether you're sick mm -hmm. or not uh, but then every year they would they would dock us like all staff members men and women they you'd have to give in one or two you have to give up one or two of your sick days to go into the what they call it they call it the, the sick bank i think they call it okay. the sick bank but really all it was was the pregnancy bank like women would take out, out of pull out of it for their um you know, maternity leave maternity leave so that's what it was so i was given in Giving out, giving away sick days that I was never going to get back. Mm -hmm. Like I had to contribute to them to be able to go home. Which, you know, if, if you present yeah. it to a guy like that, like, hey, if you want to do this, you're helping out the women that you work with, and you probably curse some favor with them, and probably build your reputation. But when you're just like, no, it's ours, and you can't have it. That's that's bullshit. It is, and now there's a lot of places that offer paternity leave. Good. It's how it ought to be. Yeah. Especially, like I said, with the research that I'm starting to find. Mm -hmm. And it's awesome when our dads get to take off time, too, because, like, for DHS, we get paternity leave and maternity leave. So, Good. but of course, we try to promote families and healthy families, and, yeah. and we know that that's something that you need. But there was no, well, I was young anyway when I had our kids, and I didn't, I did like little side jobs, so I never had like a such thing as maternity or maternity leave. But um, it's, I think it's awesome that you do that because it's so, they talk about how crucial those first few weeks of life are, and you need to be able to bond. And so yeah, I, yeah. I get kids on my caseload all the time that never had that. You know, nobody bonded with them. And how do you get that back? You can't, if they don't have learn how to bond, adjust. you can't. Yeah, you can't get that back. But the trauma, we can. Oh, really? We have learned so much about trauma and that we can rewire the brain. And that we can, if you can Would put you some resilience. mind sitting here so that you're in frame? We're re we've been recording this whole time. Oh, I mean, I might use it, I might not, but this is an awesome conversation. I mean, and you being a woman and you being a social worker, like my my viewers would go nuts for, for this conversation. Everybody's always saying, you need to have a woman on the show, you need to have a woman on the show. So tell me about how you, how you come back from trauma. So resiliency is how you come back from trauma. Okay. And there are a few different resiliency factors, but the number one important resiliency factor is... Um, a supportive adult, a healthy supportive adult in your life. So that is the number one is making a connection with somebody who can be a guide to you, be a mentor to you, be a friend to you, somebody who can teach you and show you that there's a better way of life. So when you, and you're not telling me that it has to be a mom. Oh gosh, no, 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 no! It can be anybody. It can be a teacher, coach, it can be a coach, it can be a priest, it can be a pastor, it could be somebody at the grocery store that says hi to you every single day. It can be anybody. Any supportive, positive adult in your life is the number one way to deal with um, trauma. Well, it makes sense to me because it, it, you know, as a let's think about any kind of trauma. You burn yourself around the stove. You don't want to get near the stove because you can you associate danger with the damn stove. So um, that's a very simple way to put it would happen the same way with adults if you're a kid. Well, this adult burned me, so I'm going to stay away from it. You have to be around one who doesn't burn you, and then you relearn. You relearn, yes. hey, okay, uh, not all adults are bad, and actually most are pretty good. Mm -hmm. So that makes perfect sense, I and mean, that's just human nature. Have you ever watched the backward um, bicycle video? Yeah. Definitely recommend that you do. So we use, that to myself. we utilize that in our trainings for Trauma 101 because you can retrain the brain. 
it's much easier to do when you're younger. So we're definitely, you know, the old dog's new tricks thing is definitely go, goes into play here. But if you do, as a, as a young child, if you're able to rewire the brain and teach them better pathways on how to deal with their trauma, then you are building healthier adults. So if you're older, teenager, adult, you can still do it. It takes a little bit more work, but you can still do it. And the backwards bike video shows you that. Okay, I'm looking forward to checking that out. It's super like, cool. I'll pull it up and splice it into my Oh, it's super cool. Film too. It's super cool. We talk about, um, you know, most of the stuff that I, t I don't know how much background you have on me, but the book that I wrote is about recovering from very difficult things in your life. Like, very briefly, I had a time in my life where I got divorced. A couple weeks later, I got arrested for pot possession. At the time, I was a high school teacher, so I lost my job, home, marriage, job, career, friends, bunch of shit all at once. So I came up with this way that helped me to get through a difficult thing like that. Lots of times when you go through that level of trauma, uh, people kill themselves over that kind of shit. So I found a way to kind of build past it, and that's what the book's about. Here's how you get through difficult transitions, right? That's super cool. Yeah, and uh, so most of what I talk about in the podcast, which is this one, is... Uh, you know, what to do once you're, once you're recovered, you're, you're out in the real world, and how's life going, and you might not be in the middle of the shit, the book's for the middle of the shit, podcast is for the rest of your life, okay. and so we talk about how, you know, your impact in the world, and how you, and it is kind of geared towards guys, because there's not, oddly though, most of my viewers are women, <laughs> I think most of them are just trying to figure guys out, like figure sure. out how we think, and what we're doing, and Oh, the, um, my husband and I did a uh, I had a point there, but I lost it when I was talking about oh, myself. That's, Sorry about that. that's okay. We did, we did the love and respect class. Oh, how's that? It, amazing, because it's exactly what you're saying. It's teaching a woman how to hear what a man is saying and teaching mm -hmm. a man how to hear what a woman is saying because they talk about, <clears throat> and they use the, the um, examples of pink and blue, which we know it's, it's, at this point it was really just for demonstration. I don't that's think fine. that they're trying to you know, impose colors or genders or whatever, but um, that a woman speaks and hears pink and a man speaks and hears blue. Mm -hmm. And then we're trying to put them together in the same home, kind of like you were talking about yeah. earlier, and how, you know, a man's thinking this way and that doesn't make it wrong. Mm -hmm. um, but they don't hear it and they don't say it the way that we hear it and say it. And so we did this class. The husband was against it. Literally wouldn't talk to me for a week. I'm not making this up. <laughs> Would not talk to me. I signed this up for this class for my church. And sure. he's like, if we go to this class, we're going to find something wrong with us. I'm like, listen. Well, and that, that's a big fear that men have. We all have that same fear. We're all like, I don't want to really look at myself in the mirror. And I don't want anybody else doing it either because I'm afraid of what I might see. Mm -hmm. I want to know that I'm bad. It stressed me out that he was like thinking that. Sure. But, but then I was trying to, after the class, it, I understood a little bit more. Yeah. But he talked, it, he said, no, I'm not doing this. We went to the first class and he says, wow, this we're, we can get something out of this. And I'm like, exactly. And you don't have to, we're not looking for a problem. But even when your marriage is healthy, you can always use help. I mean, marriage is the hardest job well, even if I've you're ever just, had. Like, you understand PD, you're a professional, so as teachers, you have to do that too. We'd go mm -hmm. in and we'd learn different methods and techniques, classroom techniques. And most of the time, I'd walk away going, okay, cool, I know I'm doing it right. Because like, they're telling us stuff, and I'm like, all right, yep, what I'm doing lines up with that. So you feel better about it. You know, like, you're, you're good. And I feel like no matter how amazing my parents or my husband's parents are, nobody's perfect. And we both have oh, our yes. own crap that you bring into this, and you mm -hmm. learn. You learn what you see, mm -hmm. and true. we both could benefit from learning a better way of marriage. We both could. It. So, yeah. absolutely. And so that love and respect class was just amazing That's because great. it really helped teach. Yeah. yeah. So the, the fear of 
essentially rejection is what he was feeling. Mm -hmm. uh, that goes right along with, like I said, men seek praise. So we go places where we're going to get that praise, and we certainly avoid places where we're going to get dressed down or talked negatively to or made fun of or have our weaknesses exposed, right? So that's what's scary. You know, guys just don't, we don't want, you know, and we, another piece of that is guys aren't going to tell you, I'm afraid no. that this is what might happen. We turn that into, like, for men, the only, the only negative emotion that's manly is anger. Mm -hmm. So we'll turn disappointment, fear, sadness, depression, anxiety, all of them, anger. Right? And so then women come out going, oh, he's just an asshole. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> when that's really not what's going on. So it, that, that, that class that you took, hopefully, I would, ha I would guess, would help a man understand, oh, that's not really what I'm feeling. That's just what I'm showing. Exactly. And what, what I'm feeling is actually something different. And to be able to verbalize that to your partner, mm -hmm. I know that a woman would very much value that. Sure. If a man, you'd be like, oh man, <laughs> you know. It, it it helps too to help to help understand things. You know, back when, back in two thousand five, um, our youngest son started kindergarten, and I decided mm -hmm. to go back to college. If my son is not supportive, please, I don't want to go back to college. What are you going back to college for? Do you know what, what the fear is underneath that? Well, I found out later. Yeah. <laughs> He's what? like, well, then what are you going to need me for? Well, there it is. So you can provide for yourself. So what are you going to need me for? There and I is. didn't know that at the time. At the time, I'm like. I'm trying to do kids and trying to do school and trying to do all this by myself. Well, by the end of the first semester, he was able to use his words and explain what his worries were, and he started helping me study. And from then on, you know, I was able to graduate with a degree and, and get a get a better job and then a career. I was able to help our family all along. And I kept telling him, I'm not doing this to leave you. But I think that's that's what we've seen so much recently in the last 10 or 12 years. More and more women are walking out on their marriages and walking out on their children. And so learning all of that helped me to see, well, this this was coming from a place of fear. This was not coming from, I'm just a little bit jerk and don't want you to better yourself. Well, I'm not pulling you back down into the water. No, and I, and I kept thinking... I'm just afraid I you're going to leave the water and leave you here. I, kept, I became a mom at a very young age, and I didn't really have an opportunity to do any of those things that you normally do at that age. I decided I wanted more. I didn't want to just be a mom. I wanted more to that. And so and I wanted to teach my daughter that there was more to life than being a mom. That was very important to me. And so I was able to say like you said, we do, do what that. we see. So you're doing it. Yes. You you saying it's one thing, but her actually seeing it, and now way that's bigger deal. And then she went on to do all of that. Right. You know, she's actually in school getting her master's now. She's going oh, above and beyond her father her. and I, which is fantastic. That's all she'll be. But she watched us both work our butts off to get yeah. to where we are, and that's uh, all three of our children are. We're very blessed. They all have a very good work ethic. But but teaching all of that was just it's different, and I've learned so much since then. I wish you wish you could go back and teach them better. <laughs> I wish I could do a better job. But there is no, I don't think there's any perfect way to parent. To, and actually, I'm not a parent. I've always wanted to be. But one of the things that I've learned is this. This is a philosophy of mine. Everybody screws up their kids somehow. Yeah. Generally, it's by way of overcompensation. So say your parents were never around because they were always working and you had plenty of money. But you're like, well, no, I'm going to be around for my kids. So maybe you guys are poor, but you're there all the time. Which I think between the two is a better situation. But sometimes it's the opposite. My parents were always around, but I didn't realize how much I valued that because we were poor. So I'm going to work all the time and make sure my kids have all the money. And really, you're handicapping them. So again, usually by way of overcompensation, we screw up our kids. But ultimately, in a twisted way, I think it's the best gift that you give your kid. Here's why. They all leave the home with some kind of issue of that variety, of that magnitude. And it's your first, it's your, first it's your first task as an adult is to make a peace with it. To, to, 
and you use it as a tool to figure out this very important lesson that my mom and dad are they're just adults they're not they're not superheroes i mean he might wear tights and a cape hanging out on friday but in reality they're just adults so they can go all right i'm fucked up in this way and i've made my peace with it by doing this and in the process of that i'm like yeah, they fucked me up a little bit, but I know why they did. They were trying to do this, which was a good motivation. Sure. And that helps me understand that they're not perfect, and so therefore I don't self be perfect. You know what I mean? Like, there's no kid that's raised perfectly. And in fact, when you give them a little bit of, I think, adversity, we're humans are genetically keyed into that. We're supposed to be dealing with adversity. And the more of it you take away, the, especially for men, there's going to be a, a miss there. There's going to be a, a gap. So you have to... Well, and you're never going to learn. It's not real life if there's some adversity. You can't fix oh, everything true. for them. They have to figure it out or else what are you teaching? You're so common. Fix. I don't know if you're a fan of Jordan Peterson. He's usually for guys, not so much women. He usually kind of don't like this stuff, but um, Canadian psychotherapist. He's a pretty, pretty sharp guy. He, he uses this phrase, um, you can't change the ocean, so just make your boat stronger. Like, you know, prepare your boat. That's right. all you can do. Right. Like, make yourself stronger. Better. Yeah. Like, as a parent, if you're trying to know fix the road for the kid like oh i don't get along with my teacher well, we'll get you in another class don't right worry. right instead of well you better figure it out you're gonna have to work for people you don't like you're gonna have to work with people you don't like i'd rather you learn it now i teach that all the time with my own kids and with my work kids absolutely it's huge there's going to be nothing's perfect for you to have to figure out how to figure it out oh you can see it it's, it's just as plain as the nose on their face i'm sure you understand this up until recently i was coaching high school football and the kids whose dads have done that for them, or their moms have done that for them, you know, always made everything easy for them. They house their fights. They can't handle criticism. They don't understand delayed gratification, which is probably the, not probably, it is the single most important factor to predict success as an adult, your ability to understand delayed gratification, sure. right? And you learn that from having boundaries, having being, having been told no, having, having you know, your, your parent going, no, you can't have dessert again. Right. Or you can't do anything until your homework's done. And then following through. Because mm -hmm. saying it and not doing it is worse than not saying it. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. Yeah. I, I agree with that 100%. Yeah, I, I can see that across the board with, with the kids. You, can, It's so easy to, to talk to a high school kid. and I can tell you everything about your parents just by talking to you. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I know that you don't have a dad at home. Or I know that your mom undermines the shit out of your dad. Or vice versa. Right. I know that dad's a bully and your mom's browbeaten. Mm -hmm. like, you can tell this by talking. Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? It's unfortunate, you know, and I don't, I think that parents don't, so many parents, I think, sadly, see it as a responsibility, like, oh, I gotta do this, I gotta do that, and they don't look at it as, like, this guy that I'm reading right now talks about it as being a warrior, like, you're a hero, if you're a good man. Okay, um, yeah, what a cool conversation, huh? She, uh, she's a sharp lady, like I said. Excited to have had a, a chance to talk with her. Uh, we talked about some pretty pretty cool stuff. Um, you know, I got a buddy who's always saying, "Yeah, you got to have a, you need to have a woman on the show. You need to have a woman on the show." He just keeps saying it over and over again. And uh, well, there you go. <laughs> I had a woman on the show. Uh, I think it does provide some balance uh, to have have that perspective. You know, I'm realizing that. Uh, you know, I'm intending this stuff for dudes. I mean, I wrote the book basically for men. I, I, the show, I present it from a male perspective, um, and I, I was kind of thought it was going to be for guys. But it's like 84% of my contact right now 
through all social media, uh, it's is female. So I think that's just a function of women like stuff about relationships. Um, uh, the guy who wrote the the boy crisis that I talked about so much over the last two weeks, he said that too. He said that um, you know he all of his viewers and all of his information that's just it's women. That's how it is. Um, but whatever doesn't mean I'm gonna change anything. Anyway, I hope that uh, in some way this show, this conversation between myself and Stephanie helps you to get your shit together. Have a great week. <laughs>